Warning, anime out of context has strong language, spoilers, stupidly wrong ideas, and general silliness. Neither of our hosts are professionals and do not take their opinions as such. Listen at your own discretion and enjoy. Hello and welcome to Anime Out of Context, the show where I attempt to explain the sometimes weird, sometimes wonderful, but always hilarious world of anime. And I would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for you and your stupid weebs. I'm Sean Rollins. I'm Remington Chase. Remington, this is going to be a very hard episode for me to do. Uh, Okay, so one of two possibilities there. One, it's one that you adore and know that I'll hate, in which case that may be enjoyable. Or two, it's one that you hate because it's terrible, in which case maybe I'll enjoy your pain, but more likely I will hate the anime. Either way, it's seeming like I'm going to hate whatever you're about to show me. It's actually neither of those. Oh, okay. Skeptical, but continue. So the show that we're about to talk about today is another recommendation, because we have been getting more and more recommendations lately, which I love, quite frankly. I might enjoy. We'll see how I feel about recommendations. Have I enjoyed a recommendation yet? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you enjoyed Death Note. Okay, I've enjoyed at least one recommendation. All of the recommendations have been great. Don't get me wrong. I just personally, uh, not been a fan of most of them. (laughs) I love the people recommending. Don't like anime. (laughs) (laughs) Wholesale. Wholesale. Oh, dear. I've tried to change that about you, Rem. (laughs) We'll see. Uh, But this anime was recommended to us by, uh, and forgive me if I pronounce your name wrong, Elena? Elena? (laughs) I mean, those are names. I mean, it's E-L-E-N-E. Elena is what I Yeah, Elena. Yeah, that's what I'd read that as, because it's not Eliana, because that's not enough letters. (laughs) And it's not... Let's just change your name a little bit. Yeah, and it's not Eline, because that doesn't look right. Elena, 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 whatever your name is, thank you, or screw you, we will see shortly. Because we're actually kind of dipping back into a topic we've talked about previously. No! Every time we We've gone back. It's been terrible. Not to a specific anime this time, Rem. It's still been terrible. But a relatively recent topic we've discussed. Oh, let's see. We've discussed Super Edgy. We've accessed, we've we've discussed Chernibios. We've discussed Edgy again. Uh, I don't like anything. It's a combination of the first two, actually. Okay, okay. So we're going to dip into an anime that has a lot of uh, Chunibyo mentalities and elements with a whole lot of edge. Oh my god, is it edgy. Okay, okay. Well, two things have been proven throughout this podcast. Yes. One, not only am I Moe trash, but I'm also edgy trash. You do like your edgy anime bullshit. But they do have to be self-aware. That is one key feature of them. They need to be aware that they're super edgy in what they're doing. Mm. Because if they're not, it doesn't work out well. And now, the last... Chunibyo thing we did when you taught me about the term love Chunibyo and other delusions. I wanted to love it, but I didn't love it. Yes. 
So this anime is interesting because it never actually straight up says the word Chunibyo, but uh-huh. you can easily apply the term to the main character of this show. Of course. Uh, it is a cringe comedy to the extreme, is what I'm trying to say. Okay. Uh, you know, I was able to sit through Love, Chunibyo, and other dudes because the cringy stuff made me cringe, but also made me laugh at the same time. You know, it was, <laughs> it was pleasant to watch. Yeah. This anime is kind of hard to watch. It just makes you viscerally uncomfortable. Yes. It makes me viscerally uncomfortable, Remington, okay. which is saying something. Mostly because it makes me think about how I was, you know, in junior high, yeah. early high school stuff. The really edgy phase of my life. Oh, okay. So yeah. I, I will not be as emotionally impacted by those bits. Mm-hmm. They they will not resonate quite as deeply for me. Maybe. Oh, maybe. Oh, okay. Because this show is very good at cringe comedy. So good, in fact, that I had to take breaks in between episodes. Okay. I I mentioned this before. I like cringe comedy when done well, but it is extremely hard to do well. Like, I've never been a big cringe comedy kind of guy, but I assume it must be doing something right if I'm laughing and then I'm like, I can't watch anymore. I need to take a break. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm... Oh, see, this is the worst position for me to be in because I am so, so tentatively getting my hopes up. And that is never good for this podcast. It never is, but I'm curious to see how you'll react to it. Uh, so the anime we're going to be talking about today, and I'm going to try and do the Japanese name <laughs> first. Oh, I'm excited to hear you go for it, Sean. It's a very long title. Oh, God. All right, let's hear it. Let's All right. <clears throat> the anime we're going to be watching is... <laughs> Watashi ga motenai no wa do temo omaira ga waru. Pardon me? That's I, so many words. I probably horribly slaughtered that pronunciation. <laughs> but, oh, you definitely did. But it's okay because it has a shortened version as t- anime with these long titles do. Okay, perfect. Just watamode. Watamode, okay. Good old Watamode. Yep, and uh, the what, English... What, yeah, what does that all mean in English? Because yes. Lord knows I'm clueless right now. So the English title is Watamote. Uh, no matter how I look at it, it's your guys' fault I'm unpopular. <laughs> oh, that that is another great title. <laughs> that is a fantastic title. It's a whole sentence with an exclamation mark at the end, so you know they you have to be excited. They always have exclamation marks. They're really into exclamation marks in their titles. Well, it makes you super excited, and you're shouting it, and it's, it adds that emphasis. Th- this is probably like a top three title that we've come across. However. However. The last amazing title, Love, Chunibio, and Other Delusions, that we came across... It made me so optimistic, and it crashed all of my dreams down. This seems like just that episode part two in a lot of ways, because so far, it's just following that exact direction. A little bit, yes. Whereas Love, Chunibyo, and Other Delusions had more of a romance and light comedy focus with uh, the cringe comedy sprinkled in, this is all cringe comedy. Okay, okay. Uh, Even better. Yeah, so this show is about the main character, uh, Tomoko Kuroki. Tomoko Kuroki. Yes. And she 
Well, I'll be straight up with you. She's not a good person. (laughs) (laughs) This, This is where you start the synopsis, but instead of what we've had so many times where it's like, Yes, and after the parent died, which we've had a whole lot of because anime, we were just going to have, after Tomoko murdered her parents. Hey now, hey now. This isn't some dark and edgy anime. Well, it is kind of a dark <laughs> and edgy anime. But for different reasons. It is a slice of life uh, comedy. Okay. Is what it is. So is she just a huge bitch? Uh, is that is that what this is? Kind of. So how about I just read you the synopsis? All right, let's do the synopsis. The first line is going to give you an idea of how this is going to go, though. Uh, as it always does. After living 50 simulated high school lives and dating over 100 virtual boys. Well, okay, wait, before you continue, we gotta, we have to <laughs> stop right there. That's a whole lot to unpack right there. Yeah. Pardon me? So basically, what, what they're saying is, is... Uh, Tomoko is basically a otaku, but one who has played an inexorbitant amount of dating games. Okay, okay. I had a very different image here. Yeah? Yeah, I had, like, this is some dystopian future, or she's some, like, weird, crazy super genius, where she went all, like, fallout with it, got a whole simulation around her, and ran it through. But no, she just, she plays a lot of dating sims. I would watch that anime. (laughs) I would totally watch that anime. Like, super genius Sherlock Holmes-style dating. That would be great. Ah, she enjoys eating with her left hand that must mean that she is quite an amazing person unless <laughs> you make her upset you know I, I love things like that that'd be great <laughs> but no there's no anime no, like okay that so yet. just dating sim- last time we had an anime that touched on otaku's and dating sims sean it went downhill real quick yes but they weren't trying to be cringy uh, this one is okay Allow me to continue. Oh, so, now I'm frightened. Uh, Tomoko Kuroki believes that she is ready to conquer her first year of high school. Uh, little does she know that she is much less prepared than she would like to think. In reality, Tomoko is an introverted and awkward young girl, and she herself is the only one who doesn't realize it. <laughs> How can you not realize that you're an introvert? I understand how you cannot realize you're awkward if you're just, like, not at all aware of yourself. Then you can just be horribly awkward due to the lack of awareness. But I feel like you'd have a basic understanding of if you were introverted, if you're like, I like people! Okay, you're probably not. You see, that's the thing, actually, is... This show is kind of about her delusions as a whole. Okay, okay. Because she doesn't, like... She starts off thinking to herself, okay, I'm going to be popular, and this is what is necessary to be popular. Because at the very beginning of the show, it actually outlines what a popular girl is, or at least what <laughs> she thinks it is because from an yeah. internet search. Oh, perfect. And Just she, you find a wiki how. Exactly, kind <laughs> of thing. Wiki how, how to be a popular anime girl. <laughs> and it is literally her, with her misconceptions of what makes a person popular, interesting, or likable, and misconstruing them which leads to so so many awkward and horrible situations. It's basically a cycle of of a downward spiral of madness for her because she will look at a situation, overreact to the situation, do something way out of left field to solve and fix the solution of this I'm having a stroke right now. It's a little hard to explain. Let me start. I'll be honest, Sean. You've been talking a lot. I've just been searching the internet for WikiHow, how to be a popular anime girl. Of course you have. I just wanted to see if it existed. And does it? 
Uh, unfortunately not. There's how to act and look like an attractive anime girl. Uh, but unfortunately, it doesn't talk about how to be a popular anime girl. Uh, just put a pin in that one for later. We might need that. <laughs> what? Oh, God. I hate... Don't... No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay, allow me to recollect my thoughts. So, Tomoko, it's a self-destructing downward spiral is what she goes through. Okay, perfect. She gets into a situation that she overreacts to and takes over dramatically... And then she tries to come up with a solution, which ultimately causes the thing she didn't want to happen to happen. She's like Wiley Coyote, but an anime girl in high school. Exactly, with extra cringe humor sprinkled on top. Perfect. It's very interesting, and the show is fairly self-aware of how horrible... Uh, and cringy some high schoolers can be because that's where the Chunibyo comes into this because she's such a closet otaku and has these delusions of uh, being much better than she actually is because she's not a great person like she says a lot of things that are just straight up uncomfortable rude and flat out mean uh, not to actual people mind this is all in her head <laughs> because when she actually does talk to people she just kind of goes like hi I like <laughs> little uh, introverted stuttering like that yeah and it's this anime as a whole is an interesting... Here's what I'm really uh, hoping for. What are you hoping for, Rem? I'm hoping that the average interaction in this anime goes... You got Tomoko, and she's like, Hey, going. I'm, I'm just... I'm a nervous little Tomoko. And then her internal monologue is just like, Oh, hell yeah! Nailed that social interaction! I'm the fucking best! Little column A, yeah, actually. Yeah, that does happen. But every time she screws up an interaction, and she knows she screws up an interaction, it just keeps going downward, downward, and her thoughts get darker and creepier, and you have flashbacks to the time in high school where you just wish everybody around you would die. Oh, perfect. Because I had a few of those. Is, is, is this going to turn into a strange, like, school shooting anime? Are we delving into, like, weird territory here oh don't be ridiculous remington this isn't set in america <laughs> that's the one thing the japanese have over us <laughs> god damn it <laughs> no it's more along the lines of the show is just watching tomoko in these awkward situations feeling sorry for her at some points and also just being angry at her for others because it's like no no that's not what people think if you just do this you're fine or it's like when she gets sad and frustrated because she doesn't quite understand why she way she is okay so normally I, w I would now ask about the other characters stuff like that because surely there are other main characters but with how it's being described i have high confidence there's a certain kind of character that i'm really hoping is in there mm-hmm there's gotta be a pet that she always talks to, right? <laughs> Damn it! I was so hopeful. You're not gonna get your Moe fix in this show, that's for certain. <gasps> Unless you find Tomoko as a Moe character, which I don't think you will. Nah. Uh, here's a picture of her. Oh god, she's gonna kill somebody. Probably, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's not a very Moe show. Uh, and as far as other characters go... They're very secondary. They're just oh, like... Okay. So th this is largely a show carried on the shoulders of Tomoko. Yes, it's all from her perspective and her thoughts and her views, how she interacts with random people, uh, some people in her class. And what's really interesting about this show that I find kind of clever, uh, which is also kind of clever because they save on the animation budget a bit. <laughs> uh, so what they will do is... It's all from Tomoko's perspective, right? Yeah. So there are lots of characters who just won't have faces because they don't register to Tomoko. Uh, as well as... That's fair. Even mi more that. minor characters, background characters, are just grayscale. 
I totally accept that. Yeah. But the people that do have full facial features are people that Tomoko are acting attention to. Okay. So it has a very interesting look on perspective. I think that's an insights. yeah, I think that's an interesting idea that can be done very well. I've discussed it before. It was one of the reasons I love Dumaru Chan, and yep. that's been a recurring theme in a couple of the anime we've discussed. So that's always a theme that I'm interested in seeing more of. Yeah. Alright, so we've we've gotten the basic idea of what it is, and we have a basic idea of tomoko but l tell me tell me the logistics sean because this is going to help me judge the show before i watch it how many episodes are there 12 oh perfect this is a great show <laughs> technically there's 13 uh, because <laughs> wait what do you mean technically there's 13 how is there a technically okay so uh aired on tv there were 12 episodes <laughs> And, uh, but there, there was a secret, unreleased episode hidden under the mountains. Kind of. <laughs> uh, it's not necessarily a hidden thing. It's just a year later, we get a 13th episode that was what? released with a collector's edition of the of the uh, manga. Oh, so it's okay. like, it's a original video animation, which in anime terms is just a separate, usually non-canonical episode or sh a movie of an anime series okay so, i get it a lot of times uh, different animes will get these ovas and uh, before they'll get a proper televised series and if people like the ovas they'll probably get a televised series or if there's a really good televised series that is kind of short but they want a little more content they might get va it's a very complicated thing that we'll have to go into later when we actually do watch some actual OVAs. I'll be honest, it just sounds like padding to me, but I'll accept it. Fair enough, honestly. Uh, some OVAs are good, some OVAs are just meh, but that's regardless. We're not going to even touch on Watamoto's OVA. Nonetheless, 12 episodes, the perfect length for an anime, or most shows for that matter, because it means there's just not too much of it. And the worst thing an anime can possibly do, and I may be biased in saying that, other than existing, is existing too much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you just pissed off every major Shonen fan. As if I haven't... If, if you've been listening to this podcast, especially if you are a Shonen fan, then you, you've been angered by me. You have, you've either come to terms with me or you are perpetually angered by me. Those are the only two possibilities. I'm currently floating between the two, honestly. <laughs> like, I'm just in this ether of uncertainty. Uh, I'll, but, I'll maintain Shonen is bad till my dying breaths. Fortunately, this isn't Shonen. It is, well, mm, kind of. Ah, oh, damn it. It just went down a peg. Well, it... No moe, Shonen elements. They classify it good. as Shonen because uh, they do a lot of jokes based on other animes. This anime will actually reference other animes using their art style and scenes, as well as uh, just straight up references, because... It, Tomoko's an otaku, so of course she's gonna, the only thing she relates to is anime. Oh man, anime references, I'll totally get those! You will actually get the first major anime reference. <laughs> I don't know if I like that. You will, I don't, and I don't you will wanna, find it I don't want to understand that, Sean. Yeah. I don't like recognizing it in the world. That's not up to you, unfortunately. And before we get into it, Remington, I'm gonna tell you the opening line from this show. Oh, okay, you're just gonna be nice and out with it, alright. It is a narration line. Of course, as it so often is. This is a show about a girl. Her story does not matter. <laughs> oh, that's, I like it. And with that, let's go watch some Watamote.
Ladies and gentlemen, we are back after watching about three episodes of Watamote. So, Remington, how are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty decent, all things considered. Really? Yeah. Yeah? I feel like what this show really was, what, Watamoto? Watamote. Watamote? Sure, there we go. I feel like what Watamote was, you take Love, Chinibio, and other delusions, you take a march, and you throw them in a room together, and you get this baby. And you throw out all the romance as well, because there is no romance in this show. <laughs> no, I would argue that's still just them combined, because Umaru-chan didn't have any overt romance, and Love, Chinibio, and other delusions had light romance. This has light romance in hyper-distorted fashion. I mean, kind of, kind of. It's more like fantasies as opposed to actual romance. Yeah, exactly. And I think that this is exactly what I wanted Love, Chunibio, and Other Delusions to be. If you listen to our episode on Love, Chunibio, and Other Delusions, and if you've watched Love, Chunibio, and Other Delusions before, and if you liked either of those things, this is probably a great anime for you. That is, if you can handle the cringe comedy. Oh yeah, there's plenty of cringe, but that's my total style, so I adore that. So what you're saying, Remington, is you actually really like this show. I did! I quite enjoyed it! It was over the top, while at the same time not being in your face, and that is what I love. That is the style I adore, when you can take things to 11, but without having to constantly remind the audience that you're taking them to 11. <laughs> yeah, it's a very interesting take on Slice of Life, where everything that's happening is things that could have happened, or thoughts that you may have had in this time period of your life. You know, the Chunibyoke uh, concept and idea. And then just overly dramatizes it and pushes it just one step farther through uh, Tomoko's mentalities. Oh yeah, and it's so delightfully melodramatic and intense. It truly is, as I've already stated, everything I wanted in Love, Chinibio, and Other Delusions, and more. Yeah, I'm glad you think so, because this anime does have a little controversy surrounding it. Oh, oh does it? Uh, nothing too major, but just... The way it handles, uh, well, obviously, high schoolers and sexualization, which arguably, I think it's probably the most mature handling. Yeah, all right, let, let me take this over, Sean. Yes, uh, okay. I'm, about, I'm about to go into a miniature rant. A miniature rant. I can't, I'll a, get the A miniature popcorn. rant on anime sexuality, which at this point is a frequent occurrence. So, it is true. This anime had quite a bit of sexuality involved with it, especially awkward teenage sexuality. Now, teenage sexuality is something we've touched on before, and it's something that I have decried nine times out of ten, because usually it's done with a, hey boys, look how sexy it is type of context, and it's focused on the fan service, and primarily, it's so gratuitous. Meanwhile, this was the first anime that I think handled sexuality so well because it was never gratuitous. It always felt authentic, well-placed, it deserved to exist where it did. So if there's controversy here, that blows my mind. Because when you have things like Rosario Vampire that exist, that's problematic. That's bad. This handled things in a very mature and real way where it wasn't gratuitous boobs and panty shots every other frame. Fair enough. And... Honestly, that is where the controversy kind of spreads from. It's a very small one, and that's just because 
it made people feel super fucking awkward. That is the problem people have with it, but... Oh no, sexuality, that doesn't make me aroused. It just makes me feel awkward, as you often do when sexuality gets brought up. How terrible! Exactly, and people weren't expecting it, per se. They were expecting, you know, some awkward cringe comedy here and there, but they weren't expecting uh, Tomoko to have as many lewd, uh, dark thoughts that pointed to that stuff, which, quite frankly... I make the joke a lot saying that, but high schoolers wouldn't think that, Remington. Oh, know? yeah. Anytime something remotely sexual in of high course. school gets brought up. Uh, but the the truth of the matter is, this is probably the best representation of what's going through a introverted, anxiety-ridden high school head when it comes to sexuality and things like that. And I think that's a great thing. The only downside is, is God does it hurt to watch sometimes. Oh yeah, it's horrendously awkward, cringe-inducing, and sometimes makes you want to leave the room. And that is the charm. I love stuff like that. If you absolutely cannot handle any types of cringe, this may not be for you. But for me, this ticked off so many boxes. It was extremely melodramatic in a very self-aware way. It had a psycho bitch of a protagonist, and and Sean, you know how I feel about psycho bitches as protagonists. I mean, this show is only one child murder away from being your number one anime. <laughs> oh, man. As we've seen, child murder is one of the things that makes me enjoy an anime. Are you curious to know what the general uh, rating is for this anime? Oh, please tell me it's high... It is only about 7.22 out of 10. Anime fans are all savages. I understand. That's a fine ranking. But it should be higher. There were other things that are so much worse, that are ranked so much better. Anime community, why don't you just agree with me 100% of the time? And it's interesting, too, because Remington, for this show, it was an interesting one because... I felt your rating would be about the same as my rating for this show. Oh, I, that's, that might be a first. <laughs> exactly. Because I knew I liked this show, kind of. You know, just the kind yeah. of like factor because it's the cringe comedy and it's hard to watch in more than one sitting. Of course. It, it, it's, it's difficult. But at the same time, it handles the looks into anxiety and uh, self-stress situations where that you yourself have caused and make matters worse just mm -hmm. by trying to prevent a situation that wasn't going to happen in the first place. And I resonated a lot with that. At the same time, watching one episode and be like, oh god, I can't watch it anymore. <laughs> like, this was the hardest episode uh, series to, for me to get through of all the ones we did. Like, Fist oh, of the North man. Star was hard because there were so many of them. Yeah. But this one was hard because of all the awkward things that happened and all of Tomoko's misconceptions about what makes somebody popular versus what makes somebody a good person and things like that. Because this show very clearly states her story does not matter. Oh yeah, which is just great because one of the most important things I think anybody can realize is that in the grand scheme of things, the universe doesn't give a damn about you. Let me let me give a nice little motivational message to everybody. You don't objectively matter, but you subjectively matter, and that's what's important. You may not be the person, you may not be special uniquely, but you can be special in your own way, and that can be just as valuable. And once you re realize that, once you realize how unimportant you are to so many others and how that's okay, then you mature out of the phase that we watched with this anime. Exactly. And that is what this whole anime is. It very clearly states at the beginning, this, uh, this girl's story does not matter. 
which is a very fun, dry, comedic opening. You're like, ha ha ha. But then you quickly realize that the story is about how Tomoko believes herself matters more than everybody else. Oh yeah, throughout the whole, throughout every episode, you see how she measures everything in relation to herself. Everything worse than her, it isn't that she's viewing that as it is, it, rather she is better than that. Everything that is better or that's everybody who's done something she hasn't, she views herself as worse. She can't appreciate the world for how it is, only in how it's in relation to her at that very moment. And the problem is that creates a very toxic mentality of, oh look how I'm better than absolutely everybody. At that quickly spins off into, oh man, I am so terrible and awful and that is irredeemable. And you get the worst of both worlds because you have those narcissistic tendencies. Exactly. And it's very interesting because Tomoko's personality is very hypocritical. Oh yeah, she is a hypocrite. She is a hypocrite to the extreme. Because one moment she'll be excited going to her high school life, going to go try and find a boyfriend, make lots of friends. But then she's in high school looking around at all the people talking, having a good time making friends, talking about boys, things like that. And just starts calling them sluts, bitches, whores. And oh yeah, just she's, she's deriding everybody as being so boy crazy when in her internal thoughts she is extremely boy crazy to the point of even trying to briefly seduce her brother. And she'll also go on and on about how everyone's just talking and doing a bunch of stupid, meaningless bullcrap. Meanwhile, she will then go home and then just play a bunch of video games. And when you look at it, she just lacks that self-awareness because she has to find ways to place herself above. It's that coping mechanism that you see so often in teenagers and then all too often in adults who have not quite matured past this, <laughs> where they use a coping mechanism that allows them to say everybody else is bad and that way I can feel comfortable with how I'm actually a bit shit myself. Yeah, because one thing you will quickly realize is that Tomoko is not a good person, but that's not entirely her fault. She's still young. She's juvenile. She's immature. So you can talk about how those are awfully how those are all obviously terrible qualities, but she is still growing. She has a chance to grow out of it. And teenagers, by default, are mildly solipsistic. They believe they are the only one who really exists, but it's maturing past that. So it's a very interesting look at that age. Now, if it were somebody who was older, then it would be much less sympathetic. It would be much more difficult to view her in at all a redeeming light. Exactly. And the show is very interesting because it handles both Tomoko's worst qualities and the little bits of hope that are sprinkled without. Little tiny gestures that Tomoko will do that just make you think, oh, there's hope for this little monstrosity. There's a chance that she's going to develop into a fully functioning good person. Because as someone who also has crippling anxiety from time to time, this anime has a really good representation of what it's like to just overthink everything around you and spiral into darkness. It's very interesting how it handles that. Oh, for sure. Sean, both you and I definitely suffer from anxiety, so it's always nice to see that when it's well represented. Personally, I thought the best episode that we saw was it's episode two. I really like that for a lot of reasons. Oh, what reasons in particular? So the show is Slice of Life. So you mostly are viewing Tomoko through 
through what she's doing, her life, etc. Her perspective, as exactly. It were. And in episode two, uh, she, she gets contacted by her old friend Yuchan, right? And so she's talking to you, and she's talking to me. <laughs> oh man, I didn't realize it was that kind of anime. Which... <laughs> yes, it, it's actually a second-person anime. Uh, so she's talking to you, and they decide that they're going to schedule to hang out because they haven't seen each other in a while, right? I like this episode for two primary reasons. First, once that happens, once they schedule it, Tomoko decides that she's going to put the effort in to very rapidly change her life to be more interesting. That way, she can tell Tomoko all of the very interesting things that have happened, even if they've only just happened in the past week. This is obviously silly and ludicrous and absurd, which is fantastic in of itself, but it is also a genuine tool for self-improvement and one that I used when I was in a rut at about the same age. The best tool I had was that level of vanity of, oh, well, let's just make interesting things happen. Let's live an interesting life. And if you have to be motivated by what you're going to tell others, that's fine. If you're trying to consider, oh, how do I make people like me? Oh, I know. What I'll do is I'll behave in an interesting, kind, and fun manner. And if I am interesting, kind, and fun and behave that way, then they'll like me. I figured it out. But by behaving that way, you become that. Now, that being said, it does not work out for her. Exactly, because right out the get-go, she runs out the door. She's so excited to make some good memories so she can talk to her friend. Talks about how, I ate twice as much breakfast today. I'm going to be great. Literally cuts to her puking out all that breakfast because she was running late to school and such. Yeah, she doesn't really have an understanding of the nuance in the world. So even though I just talked about how that's a great, genuine tool to use, she seems it as a bit too black and white to be useful. But then the second second reason why I really liked episode two was when she actually meets up with you. When she actually meets up with you, then she sees that her old friend who used to be just as awkward as she was, has now blossomed into a much more sociable, personable person. Basically everything Tomoko wants to be. And because of that, she hates it. She throws herself into a spiral because remember, Everything external to her is in relation to her because she is primarily selfish. So she doesn't just view her friend changing as, wow, look at all that self-improvement, but rather, wow, they have abandoned me. They have left me behind. And throughout the episode, you see that it's far more nuanced than that, though Tomoko never sees the nuance. Rather, she just goes from black to white to black to white. Yeah, screw you, Galileo. The sun revolves around me. Exactly. And I thought that it was a really great representation of how the nuance exists in that world. And there's so much out there that Tomoko can change. She could be different, but she views things in such a black and white extremist perspective that she's not going to be changing until she matures past that. And that is where the show really shines. Because throughout, you're getting all of these dark, terrible twists and turns. 
the mindscape of Tomoko. Literally, there's a line where she says she wishes the school would be occupied by terrorists. Oh, yeah, there's some insane lines. Like, when it goes into her dark thoughts, they get real dark. And it's hilarious and amazing because I have had similar thoughts in high school, but of course never acted on them because... I'm oh, a reasonable yeah. person. High schoolers, especially introverted ones on the outskirts, they can have some crazy thoughts. And I ain't even talking about the, the absolutely genuinely crazy ones who end up acting on those things. I'm just talking about your everyday introverted outcast. They have those thoughts. They pass through their brain. They often pass through and they're done, but they happen. And the fact that this show was willing to reveal that and represent that, I thought was a very nice touch. Yeah, and... It's always the little bits of hope that make the show really worthwhile. Because if this show was nothing but Tomoko and her dark thoughts and all of the bad things that she thinks is going on, it would quickly spiral into a really depressive story with some comedy elements thrown in. But the fact that they show little bits and pieces of her adjusting to her social life as well as being a nice person genuinely uh, because of herself, it gives you hope for the character and you can't help but feel bad whenever she gets so blatantly frustrated and doesn't understand why things aren't going her way. You see moments of genuine progress and you hope that she continues in that direction rather than the one she's currently on. And because she's so young, it's possible. And I think that is a very strong appeal for the show because as I watch it, then I'm hoping that she improves. But the nice thing is it's entertaining regardless. Obviously, the overarching themes and plot isn't really what you're in there for. But it's nice that it can be. Mm -hmm. It's more of a introspective look onto the mind of a high schooler. And that's fine. Oh, yeah. I, I Going into this, I was drawing a lot of parallels to one of my favorite movies that I've seen this year, 8th Grade, which was directed by Bo Burnham. Absolutely fantastic movie. Definitely not for everybody. But if you liked one, you are almost certain to like the other because they have so many similar themes of that growing up in a weird stage of transition. All of those fears and anxieties that are matched with that as well as all sorts of delusions and false hierarchies and blacks and white that doesn't exist and lack of nuance and it's great it's so great to see that's what i was hoping to see here and i absolutely did i was worried that i was becoming too optimistic but fortunately this is one case where I was not let down. And honestly, even if you're not too interested in the deep introspective of uh, the mentality of a teenager, if you're not like us and we to dig deep and find all the nitty gritty details of what makes the good show and a good commentary on anxiety and social awkwardness, this show is just flat out funny in a lot of different places as well. Easily one of the most humorous anime that we've seen on this podcast. The jokes and the timing were so well done. It captured it fantastically. I've said this before, but it had the details down. This is something that I drew a lot of parallels with Umaru-chan. Yes, you can just view it on surface, and if you view it on the surface level, it's still very enjoyable, but if you look at all of the little details and the effort put into those little details, it's impressive, and that definitely makes it a lot more entertaining. Yes, one of my favorite uh, indications is, uh, of this is I mentioned in the first half how background characters in this show are often either completely grayscale or will lack facial features. Yep. 
and that's just Tomoko's perspective on them. They, uh, she considers them to be background minor characters that have barely any effect on yeah. her life. My favorite moments are when she's talking with somebody or she's in a different scenario. She hears something in the background that sounds like, you know, sounds something super positive for them and something good for other people that's not happening to her. And she herself will immediately go grayscale and blend in with the background characters. Yeah, like she wants to exit out of her own story. Which is hilarious and so sad. <laughs> Truly. Or another thing down that line is how she views the world in such a toxic way. And yet there's so many examples that we've already seen of people being so kind to her and so opening or often... The worst they are is just ignoring her, but that's one of the greatest sins you can have to Tomoko is ignoring her because that means that you hate her or you you are a terrible human or you're, you're plotting against you're, you're her. plotting against her. You're one of those bimbos who's more focused on other things, right? And all of those paranoid delusions. But it was a nice touch showing that. The world around her isn't the problem. The world around her is fine, but she needs to recognize that. She needs to achieve that self-awareness. And at this point, we're repeating a lot of the same points, but it's because those are the points that we really enjoy. That introspection combined with the great use of comedy and absurdity. It was a beautiful mix, very well done. In fact, there's only really two times where characters are downright mean or say something mean about her. Oh, yeah. Uh, the first time is when her little brother's friends see her when she's making a very horrible face to not be recognized by her <laughs> classmates. <laughs> it's a very funny moment. It really is. Uh, but they say that, that she was extremely ugly because she was making an extremely ugly face. She, she looked like those old Muppets. <laughs> like the old judge Muppets, the critic ones. She uh, she looked like they they had a, an anime child, and that was her. Statler and Waldorf? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it was hilarious because the face was funny, but then you hear them say, man, she was freaking ugly, and then Tomoko just breaks down. Oh, yeah. And it's super sad, and you're like, oh my god, I feel so bad, but god, was that hilarious. Oh, yeah, and then the second moment was just with her teacher when she, she forgot her textbook, and instead of doing anything about it she just tried to hide it yeah. and was hoping she would get away with it so um, she's not taking the best course of action but anxiety and so then the teacher accosts her and lectures her a bit about it and he's a bit of an a-hole not an extreme one but definitely harsher than he should be those are like the only two examples that i can think and in both cases it's great because even then you can understand what the person being rude is saying like Tomoko was trying too hard to be cute or trying to sneak by something that really didn't matter and was really stupid and so Tomoko half brought them in on herself but still received things that were a bit more mean than they should have been and, and it's that's just, great it's great and just it's so heartbreaking whenever it happens too because she doesn't quite understand the reasons behind but there, there was a single thing that unfortunately there's no way to transition into this but it was possibly my favorite joke in the entire oh, thing. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. It happened uh, quite early on. She's just listening to music and then you're shown that it's the Yandere boys and their verbal abuse CD. That was in the second episode. That was so funny to me. It was it was a bit of a weird moment cuz it was uh, an anime 
thing that I understood and found amusing. So there was a bit of shame in me finding so much enjoyment, but it was a great joke. Yeah, there were actually a lot of uh, different anime references in this show oh. for all the otaku because... I understood too many of yeah. them, Sean. I understood too many of them. <laughs> and We've gone too deep. And the farther we go, the deeper we go, the more you'll understand, and I'll get to show you more shows like this. Oh, the further I stray from God's light. <laughs> and it's great, too, because... Those little subtle anime references make the show even more funny in the less cringy, serious way. Because there is literally a scene where she's trying to figure out ways to make herself more physically attractive in the first episode. And she goes into a Death Note style searching on a computer with dramatic camera pans, sweepings of the mouse, yep. multiple windows being opened up. It was just amazingly done in the stereotypical Death Note fashion and it was hilarious. And, and once again, it's not super in your face. It'll be going over the top with these things but it won't be like, hey guys, it's Death Note. Did you get that it was Death Note? It's Death Note, guys. It doesn't need to do that, and it doesn't. Uh, my favorite is when it made a reference to uh, Kuroko no Basket. Oh, Kuroko no Basket. Oh, that hurt me deep deep inside. Especially because you recognized it. That was a reference I didn't want to understand, Kuroko no Basket. If I could just deeply forget about that. That'd be great. <laughs> you never will. You never will. So, Remington Watamote, great show, you think? Uh, I, I think it was pretty good, Sean. I'm glad you enjoyed it, Remington, so I have to ask, would you like to watch some more episodes with me? You know, Sean, at the start of the day, I didn't think I was going to be saying this, but I definitely would. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed listening to us overly dissect a cute comedy anime, then please leave a review on whatever platform you listen to us on, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, anything really. And if you would like to contact us directly, whether it be feedback, comment, question, or a recommendation, just like Alina, Elena, uh, Elena, whatever her name is, we love you. I'm going with Ele Elena, and I'm standing by it. <laughs> if we butchered your name, Elena, just know we appreciate you. And also, thank you for the great recommendation. If you would like to send one just like her, you can send it on over to animeoutofcontext at gmail.com. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in, and and it gets better, guys, I promise. <laughs> <laughs>